The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any medical condition, replace the advice of a healthcare professional, or provide any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Copyright 2020, Fireteam Whiskey, LLC, all rights reserved. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. All right, welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, and we have Steph Shaughnessy with us, who is the Secretary of the Northeast Florida Chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and so I know this is a kind of a, a tough topic for people to hear about, to think about, um, but unfortunately, almost all of us have had our lives touched by um, suicide or someone Um, that we love and care about who has suffered with um, mental health issues. So, um, and the cool thing about Steph is that not only is she a a former police officer and is married to a police officer, but she um, is, you know, her role within the um, AFSP, she is throwing a um, suicide prevention um, awareness event in November in Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm sure she'll uh, touch upon that too. So Let's get started. Thank you so much for being here, Steph. Thank you for having me. Appreciate this very much. So I just wanted to first kind of start off asking you, um, you know, kind of what led you to taking on this role with the AFSP? I, so yeah, I, you know, honestly, a lot of it stemmed from, initially stemmed from my experience in law enforcement because I, I was sworn in three months to the day exactly after September 11th happened. And it was just a very different time. I was only 21, 22, and I really had no concept of mental health issues. You know, I had mental health issues, family members with mental health issues, and we just, we never talked about it, didn't really think we were kind of, but I really had no concept of mental health and how I would be um, just, you know, so associated with that, doing that law enforcement job, just having it, you know, such a a prevalent part of my job every day, people struggling with mental health issues and suicides and suicide attempts. And uh, so it really opened my eyes. And one of the first, uh, the first time that our chapter was actually created in Jacksonville, one of the first annual walks that they did, it's called Out of the Darkness for Suicide Prevention, they did in Jacksonville Beach. And that's where I was an officer at the time. Um, And I initially, you know, just signed up to work the walk um, just to provide them extra security. But I just really fell in love with the people that were doing it at the time and started volunteering. And that was over 10 years ago. So I've been a part of the chapter um, ever since. And along the way, um, you know, throughout 20 years later in law enforcement. I mean, I'm no longer in it. I was in it for almost 15 years, but my husband's in it and we've lost, you know, friends to suicide, um, law enforcement officers, people we knew. Um, So it's just, I just really appreciate us having this conversation where, you know, law enforcement and military go hand in hand. um, And it's a lot of the same topics and issues. So. Yeah. And I wanted to touch upon just, you know, for people who maybe are not aware um, how, how um, t- 
terrible an issue. I mean, suicide's a terrible issue in itself, but how much more prevalent it is within the first responder community, even more so than the military veteran community, which is surprising to a lot of people. Um, so I'm just going to read some st statistics here. So um, two times that, so we always think of like police losing their lives, you know, in, in the line of duty, you know, um, and, and, you know, these are always unfortunate deaths, but most people don't know that there's a double amount of, of police suicides than um, losing their lives in, in, you know, in duty. And, you know, that in itself is crazy surprising. Um, PTSD and depression are five times higher than the general population in, um, in first responders. Firefighters die um, by suicide, 18 out of every 100,000. Police die by suicide, 17 out of every 100,000. And the general population is 13 to 100,000. So the rates of suicide in police and firefighters are much higher than the general population, which most people don't realize that. So, you know, why do you think that this is such a prevalent issue within the first responder community? I think, um, you know, I think a lot of it is obviously the, the trauma and the, the different things that you experience in working in those capacities, whether you're a law enforcement officer, a firefighter, or a military um, member of the military. I think it's just long, long-term, long, you know, a lot of them suffer from PTSD. Um, I had read a statistic years ago that said police officers alone um, witness more trauma on an annual basis in some time, you know, which is just crazy. And we've, we've gotten a little bit better about it. I can't speak to the military, but I know with law enforcement agencies across the, the nation, they are getting better with implementing peer support teams and you know, crisis training and, and trying to do any kind of interventions they can, but it's still, it's still not enough. And, and along with what, what they experience in this job, this is, it's typical um, to not want to talk about when they do start struggling, you know, it's, it's so typical to not um, want to admit that you're not okay, that you're, maybe you're not sleeping or that you are struggling. You know, I think that goes across the board for, um, all of all of the men and women in those fields, they're just not good at just raising their hand to say that they need help. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think? You know that you know any layperson listening to this can do, or even if you are currently, uh, you know, a law enforcement officer or military member or um, firefighter. You know what what are some kind of practical tips that you can give you know the people listening to to help you know contribute to helping people who are struggling with this or maybe they themselves are struggling with this mm -hmm. I think one of the big things is is doing just what you're doing with this you having a conversation about it and can, because you know that continues to create a culture where we can talk about it and have these conversations and, and kind of, you know, open that door where we can say, listen, let's, you know, let's talk if we're not okay. Let's talk. The more you talk about it, the more prevalent, um, you know, we can let everyone know how crazy high these numbers and statistics are and that this is preventable. This 
poorly preventable. So I think the, the more we continue to have conversations, that's number one. I think it's important to know, um, just to understand the signs of suicide, you know, and it's, and it's not that, it's not foolproof across the board that in black and white that every single person will exhibit these types of signs. But for the most part, um, they've narrowed it down to different things um, that have to do with a person's behavior and mood, you know, increased use of use of drugs, alcohol, somebody who just, um, if you can tell somebody that you're working alongside is become a little bit more quieter, maybe out of their routine, um, not as talkative, um, signs and symptoms of depression, just like they're, they're struggling. And for the most part, for those of us in uniform, I think a lot of us, maybe not all the time, but a lot of us can tell when somebody next to us is, is struggling a little bit, you know? Um, and just not being afraid to say, and, and being able to come right out and ask directly, have you had any thoughts of killing yourself? Have you had any thoughts of suicide? I mean, coming right out and just being direct and asking, I think is so important too. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because, um, you know, I'm a licensed mental health counselor and worked in military mental health for 10 years. And I remember we, we all went as a group to, um, it's called assist training. So it's, it's a, a form of, you know, assisting and preventing suicide. So at, in this class, we were all mental health providers. And the, I remember the teachers went around and just said, okay, I'm your client. You asked me, you know, if, if I'm suicidal. I remember there was only two in a group of about 25 licensed mental health um, providers who actually came right out and used the S word. Mm, yeah. They actually, you know, I was one of them because um, I worked in the prison system. So, uh, you know, I was already trained in that area. But, you know, just saying, are you thinking about committing suicide? Have you thought about killing yourself? And, and even trained licensed clinicians, you know, quote unquote trained, couldn't bring themselves to say it. So we have a really long way to go with the stigma issue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, I, we've come a long way, but we, we definitely do have a long way to go. And, um, and I think it's so important to, to say the word, you know, and to have, um, AFSP likes to call it like a real convo, to have a real conversation. You know, are you thinking about suicide and saying the word? Um, and I appreciate you mentioning the walk. You know, this is one of, uh, probably one of our biggest fun here. Um, we are in, AFSP is in 50 states. We have chapters in 50 states across the nation. And ironically, I had never heard of them. You know, even being in law enforcement for years, when I first um, became a part of the Northeast Florida chapter, I, that, that's the first time I had heard of the AFSP. So um, they, I do want to say that they are the leading national organization when it comes to research, prevention, um, education, and um, or, for suicide prevention. And we do these walks every year. It's called Out of the Darkness, and we're doing one in Jacksonville, Florida, where I live um, in November. We're trying to get the, the date nailed down. I believe it's gonna be the second weekend of November, but we usually shoot for November for the holiday start. And um, anyone that would like to come out, be a part of it, volunteer, have a table, I, I mean, we'd love to have them because it's, it's a great cause. And last year we were able to raise over $100,000, which has been 
But AFSP has a bold, they have a pretty bold goal um, by 2025 with the impact they want to make on suicide prevention. So this is, this is the kind of, this is the place where we do it. Yeah. And yeah, and we will, um, in the show notes uh, for the podcast, I'll put the link to your fundraiser. Um, so if people don't live in Jacksonville and you're listening to this, you can at least maybe, you know, put a little what you can um, and donate to this great cause. Before we close out, you know, we have a few more minutes, but, um, I, you know, I'm always about kind of making sure that we, you know, leave our audience with very practical, you know, things, practical steps to take. Um, if, you know, let's just start, let's segment it into two, two types of groups. So. Let's say a person who's listening to this um, is struggling with thinking thoughts about suicide or thoughts about killing themselves, or maybe they've even attempted um, in the past and uh, they're really struggling. Um, where can they get help? If you are absolutely struggling and you want to talk to someone, you can dial 1 800 273 um, two seven three eight two five five, and veterans can press one for that. That's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline that will put you in contact with somebody twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, so you can actually talk to somebody. You can also text talk to seven four one seven four one, and you can text with a trained counselor if you prefer that method of communication. Um, and I really urge people, you know, if maybe you're not at that level maybe you're just in a place where you just need to talk to somebody especially for first responders but i know with a lot of companies and corporations out there 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 are or there could be resources that you can access for free through your employer you know and um i know in law enforcement we had a, a employee assistance program that was private and confidential and you can just start there you know um so i would i would suggest that yeah, and you know, the misnomer, especially with the population that we're talking about with military and first responders um, and firefighters even, is that you're going to be taken off your, you know, you're off of duty because, you know, you're struggling with these things. And, you know, I always say, well, just don't assume to assume, you know, because I've seen literally thousands and thousands of soldiers and airmen struggling with these issues and I could probably count on two hands out of those thousands who actually got you know taken off of duty and you know or kicked out so to speak you know because they you know mainly and generally had a very very severe form of mental health issues most branches most first responder branches give you the resources and then give you the time to recover before there's any thought of any of those things. Am I correct? Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. Right. Correct. So, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because that is the, the assumption I think of several of them that keeps them right where they're at is that they're afraid to start and because they're afraid to lose their, that they're going to lose their job. Right. So, and, and it's also kind of, you know, I'm going, I'm putting on my psychotherapy hat right now. It's a very much a um, kind of a conflict, right? When we're, when you're saying, well, I don't want to get help because I don't want to get taken off of duty. But guess what? If you're dead, you're not on duty anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you, I mean, you're obviously going to continue to get worse. This isn't going to magically get better, you know? So that's, mm -hmm. 
get rid of that thought out of your head. If you're listening to me right now, and this is something you've been struggling with, and usually you've been struggling with this for a very long time and been keeping it very quiet, it's not going to magically disappear. You do need to do the work to get, you know, just like with, with health and fitness, you can't just, you know, I can't just magically say, I'm going to have an eight pack abs tomorrow. <laughs> it's just not going to magically happen, right? I have to do the work to get those abs, right? So it's the same thing. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, or suicidal thought, it's not going to magically go away. You have to do the work. But using excuses that I'm going to get taken off of duty or I'm going to lose my job is, is kind of silly because if you continue down this road, you're going to get to a place of, of no return. And unfortunately, maybe you're not going to, you know, to be able to continue in this manner. So let's talk about that second group. Um, so we talked about a person who's feeling like um, they are wanting to harm or kill themselves and, and some resources to get help. What about some tips? I know we had already talked about asking the person you're, you're concerned about, you know, whether or not they're, they're thinking about suicide. So let's go one step further and let's say the people listening, you know, they got up the courage to do that. And the person said, yes, I am thinking about that. Now what? Um, thank you for asking that. I, I one, one other resource I wanted to mention um, was just reaching out to your, your regular health provider. You know, that you might, your doctor, you just want to start there. Um, I think having a conversation, a real conversation with your friends to say, I will walk this road with you. I will help you every step of the way. These are some resources. You know, these are people that can help you um, do it with you. I, I mean, I think if one thing I want to say is if, if somebody, if somebody raises their hand and actually tells you, yes, you got it, don't, don't let that opportunity pass you by to really grab a hold of that person. You know what I mean? And, and say, I'm here to help you and let me point you in the right direction or, or, help you with this because I don't ever want, I would never want you to, to feel like, well, maybe they're okay. Have a good talk with them. I mean, like of, um, the fact that they were honest and open enough to tell you where they're at. And, um, and so I would say with the same steps with dialing, um, the crisis line or, um, or going through your, um, the text to talk options, your mental health provider, um, and you know, your regular doctor, just getting the next, step and, and doing that with them for sure. Yeah, that's a good tip. So, um, you know, kind of carrying through and the acronym in the army, it was ask care escort. So, you know, actually asking the question, caring enough to hear what they have to say and, and tell their story. Um, and then also escort. So get them do the, what we call the warm handoff to a person who can provide care. So whether it be you know, um, a chaplain or, um, you know, a medical provider or just picking up the phone and calling 1-800-273-TALK, um, you know, physically just make sure that that happens. Um, and if, if it can't happen at that moment in time, then, you know, have a, a plan in place where they can be safe um, until that can happen. Yes. Yeah, I just, under no circumstances, would I leave them alone, no matter what, um, and just stay with them and be there for them. But 
that's why I say to link arms and walk them through that because um, it's, it's, it's great that they admitted it to you, but I would definitely not leave them by themselves and not take that opportunity to try to stay with them, present with their, you know, with them until they are in front of a mental health professional. Right. And, you know, and, and I think the, the biggest obstacle is just having the courage to ask and, you know, express that, that, you know, I'm just asking because I care, you know, I mean, that's really all you have to say is I just, I'm concerned about, you know, what I've been observing about, you know, what's going on with you. I'm concerned and this is why I'm asking. So if they get mad at you, they get mad at you. I'd rather ask the question and have them get mad at me than never ask the question and then, you know, have maybe that person end up, you know, doing something terrible to themselves or have something happen. And then, mm -hmm. you know, really having, living with that regret that, you know, I never, I did notice those things, but I never followed up and just, you know, had the courage to ask. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because that's something that, um, you know, you just, you're coming from a place of, you know, I love you. I care about you. Uh, this is not, there's, there's, there's no judgment. This is just me looking at you asking, you know, is, is this something that you've considered? Because if so, I'm here for you. And just to hold that space for your fellow, you know, your partner, your zone buddy, your, you know, who, who, who you are working alongside in the military or whatever, whatever, in whatever capacity that you work with them, just letting them know that there's no judgment and I'm just here to help, you know, but we've got to have the guts to ask and we've got to have the guts to say the word. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, thank you for saying that. So important. Yeah. Yeah. Rather, rather than be mad at you than, than no longer with us. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you so much, Stephanie, for joining us and talking about this um, very, you know, serious topic, but important that we talk about it so you know people can get some practical steps to know what to do um, if they encounter this issue and they can maybe you know help save the life of somebody they really love yes absolutely thank you for creating this space so you know and and having this conversation <laughs> inviting people in to continue this conversation with you is is half the battle out there with suicide prevention so thank you for having me i appreciate it thank you and we'll put your um all your links and your contact information in the show notes about the out of the darkness walk and the american foundation for suicide prevention thanks for joining us on another episode of the warrior wellness podcast and we would love for you to subscribe to us on itunes or spotify and go ahead and leave us a review. And if you screenshot your review and send it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com, we will send you some awesome Fireteam Whiskey swag just to thank you for your review.